0: Good morning, a couple things I want to point out before we get started. Uh, all the Lopez's and new babies are here today. we got Mark, Angela, Katrina, Dave, Molly, Peyton. They're all here, so make sure you go and greet the babies. They're not as big as I thought they were last time. They're not 29 pounds. A little disappointed, but it's great to have them here again with us and the, the babies. Um, also, this is the last Sunday, where's Jeff and Ed, and both of you guys, this is Jeff and Ed's last Sunday here, they're moving to another country, New Mexico. Um, <laughs> And so make sure you give your regards to them and say goodbye, take them out to lunch. And then maybe one of you can take them out to dinner, whatever you can do, work it out with them. But say goodbye to them. Also, uh, Alex, you're having back surgery Wednesday? Knee surgery? It says back surgery here. OK. Well, forget it. It's just your knee. No. Uh, let, let's lift up Alex and the knee surgery that's coming up Wednesday and I, and this time that we have together. Father, we are grateful for your ears being inclined to our words and the things that are near to our heart. And Father, we do lift Alex and the knee surgery up to you. We pray that it would go well, that it would be a complete success. He would get relief and mobility and regain The strength in his knee and father for the other requests that are on our hearts here this morning the things that weigh upon us the loved ones that we are worried about the situations that cause us to fear Lord we come to you and we ask that faith would arise Lord we do come to this place because we believe in you we believe that you make a difference we believe that you hear and answer prayer we believe that you guide our lives that you direct our steps lord we ask that you would give us insight in how to move forward in our lives with you with our family those things that are close to us again thank you for this time lord bless we pray in jesus name Amen. Well, we are continuing our series, Identity Crisis. Who on earth are we supposed to be? If you haven't been here, this is a time where we are talking about the core foundations of who we are as a community, establishing these beliefs that we want to hold, that move us forward, and it's important that we rehearse these things and be able to stand back and make sure that we are aligned with the things that are the passions of our life and the things that direct us so that we don't get off base. And these things have been established over the years, but we're trying to clarify them and let you know what those things are as well. And once again, if you have any questions on what I talk about uh, this morning, my text or my phone number is here, you can text me. So far, you guys have been generous, no hard ones, so I appreciate that. Keep it that way. No, um, if there is something that you would like clarification on, please text me. I'm going to try and go through this and give us enough time to talk about that if necessary. But... What we've done so far is we've looked at our first core value. We've talked about commission, and we liken this unto the wind. When Jesus in John 20 breathed on his disciples and he said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Well, he didn't say ye, but the King James says ye. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. And with that, he breathed on them. We know in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit came upon them like a rushing wind and they were commissioned. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all the things that I have done and taught. And his commission was for them to go and to make these disciples, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And so we talked about mission is why the church exists. And maybe you're doing nothing wrong, but maybe you're just doing nothing. This is our commission. This is what we've been called to do. So it's not enough to just try and clean up our lives. Yeah, I stopped partying. I'm not doing this. You know, if you're not moving you start decaying, you start getting stagnant. And this motion is what brings the life. It's where the spirit started moving in the lives of the disciples. And this is why we exist. The second core value we talked about was that love is the context of all mission. And we talked about the refreshing, quenching thirst that we have to be filled just by the love of God. No one has ever seen God, First John tells us, but if we love God, one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Do you understand that? God's love is made complete in us because of our love towards one another. God is love. The way that we can best express and show this attribute of who God is, of him being love, is through our human relationship and through our community. She doesn't like my talking already. Man. A sign of things to come. And so God is love. And the way God is seen is in our relationship and in community. And we talked about how community is an important part and core of who we are and what's going to be a part of our lives. Today we're going to talk about connection, and as you've seen these metaphors, we've used wind for the commission, we've used water for love as the context, and we're using wood as the metaphor for connection. And if you would turn with me to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, we're going to see that structure must always submit to spirit we're going to look at what that means here. So John chapter 15, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Alex can get you a copy of the scriptures. Keep your hand up. We're going to go ahead and start so we can cover through these things. Jesus speaks and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it may be even more fruitful. You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples." As Jesus is speaking and talking to us, we have this understanding that we are connected to him and we're also connected to each other. And this idea of connection is actually an idea of serving, where we are working beside, we are producing, as he says, fruit. And we have gotten it such a frame of mind that we, as I mentioned last week, we've made what is a personal gospel into an individual gospel. A personal relationship, we've turned it into an individual relationship. And what do I mean by that? Think about this. When you hear or read a scripture, for example, when Paul says, I write these things that your joy might be full. Do you think he's talking to you? individually. In fact, most of the times where we see the words written you or your in scripture, it is talking about a group of people. It's not talking about just you. You weren't even live when Paul wrote that. Now, it's personal. It connects to us personally, but it is written to us collectively. And it's important that we understand that because just as we talked about our need for community, that love is the context for all mission, we also have to realize that our service to God is collective as well, that we are in this together, that we are doing the work of God as a community and when the scriptures say you or your it's not talking about an individual it's talking to you personally but it's talking to the church as a whole and we need to recognize that we need to understand that and this metaphor of wood is great because Wood is alive as long as it's not a tree cut down. And this illustration of a branch is something that is growing, yet it has strength and it has a connection. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. We are a part of this work of God. And there is more than one branch. There are many branches going out that are able to do this work that God has for us. And if we don't see ourselves as a part of the work and if we don't involve ourselves in the work then it's like we're severed from the vine and and we wither, we dry, we're, we're good for nothing except to be cast and burned. And that's a powerful illustration to think about. And so how can we connect ourselves together? How can we understand more fully what it means to be connected and serving together. There was an engineering challenge that was given. The engineering challenge involved 20 sticks of spaghetti, one yard of tape, and one yard of string, and a marshmallow. And the marshmallow had to be on top. We did this with the young adults years ago. I think the high school group did it as well. And so you get a team of four people They have 18 minutes. The idea is in this 18 minutes, this four people needs to build something to get this marshmallow as high as it can. After the 18 minutes, whatever's there, that's that's what you've got. That's what you measure. That's what you see what it is. And so they had these groups of people do this experiment to see what would happen. They had a group of business students. They did this together. They're... Highest in this experiment was 10 inches for the business students. They had some lawyers do this. The lawyers we were a little bit better than the business students. They did it and had it 15 inches. But a record was set of 26 inches, and it was done by kindergarten students. <laughs> now, why? Why? You see, what happened is the business students, the lawyers, what they did is they planned a strategy. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to, yeah, we're going to get this. We're going to make this shape here. We're going to take this and try and use it. And so they spent some of their time planning what they were going to do. Then they spent their time organizing and executing what they were going to do. And by that time, their 18 minutes were just about up and they would take the marshmallow and they would place it on the top gingerly and then they would back off and then it would and it would crumble and then they would have just seconds to try and put something together and that's why they came up with such a short or, yeah, short, you know, span or height because they take all their time in planning, executing and then when it didn't work, it was done. The kindergartens knew what they did is they just started right away. They built something and it fell down and they built something else and it fell down and they built something else and it fell down and they built something else and it stood. And it was twice as high as the business students. These adults who are in college got defeated by kindergartners. And the reason was because these kindergartners worked together, they did this together. When it fell, they did it again. When it fell, they did it again and there was interaction until it stood and it was actually taller. The same thing happens with serial entrepreneurs, these people who start successful business after successful business. They wanted to find out how is it that you keep having successful businesses and they compared what these serial entrepreneurs did to these MBA graduates. These masters, of business association, and what the masters, the MBAs would do is they would have a goal. This is our goal. This is what we want to do. And what we need is this much capital, and what we need is this much material, and so let's go to get to our goal. And it sounds logical, it makes a lot of sense, but somewhere down the line, there is a glitch in the matrix, okay? Something happens, and it's unforeseen. Has anyone ever done home construction? Anyone ever worked on your home and set out a budget? Ha! What is a budget? When you're working on the home, you might as well just call it a black hole and just keep throwing money in it. Yeah, we had a budget of ten thousand, thirty thousand dollars later, it's still not done. You see, they have this structure, but inevitably something comes up unforeseen. Some glitch that causes a problem and the business is unsuccessful the serial entrepreneurs what they do is they have an idea and then they see what their resources are right here right now and what they do is they take what they have and they say let's make a small step over here and once they get to this place let's see what we can do from here to get to the next point and they slowly chip their way and their hope is that it will fail quickly at the beginning like the marshmallows so that they can quickly adapt, change what's necessary and continue moving forward. And so they have successful business after successful business because they take these small steps to try and get to the place, use the resources they have at the time and from there move forward. What has happened in the church to a large extent is someone has a goal. And what that person does is say, I have a vision, I have a goal, and this is what I need to get to this vision, this goal. And it might be a great goal, it might be a great vision. And so their plan is to get to this goal, but what is neglected are the resources all along the way. And the resources are the people. And so when it says that structure should always submit to spirit, we hear that and we think, yeah, that sounds good. Right on spirit. We're all spirit. You know, yeah, structure bad, spirit good. But what does that look like? You see, because I've been in churches and communities where people are singing and they're raising their hands and they're, you know filled with the spirit they might be speaking in other tongues they might be dancing in the spirit and that that might be fine i'm not well i guess i am kind of making fun but anyway you know it's fine that's not the point the point is all those things that they do where is it taking them because what i found is these people who are celebrating this life of the spirit what what's still behind the scenes is a person who has an agenda and again the agenda could be good but that's what moves everyone and so regardless of how people are gifted you're going to fit them where you want them to get what you want accomplished And what starts happening is the gifts and the talents and the abilities of people start getting shoved into one person's vision. They start getting squelched, and instead of allowing people to have the Spirit of God work in and through them, because the you that the Bible is talking about is you, all of you, and instead of allowing that to transform and direct where the community goes, it's Back to the structure. But I'm led by the Spirit. So it's good. Well, what's led by the Spirit is people. Not structure. Not programs. It's people. And the connection that needs to take place is the work of God in all of our lives showing up and moving us forward that's what's required and that's what's necessary for us to take this place and move it forward and what's important about the church is it buildings is it important that we have our own building is it our programs is it our strategies is it our traditions this is the way we do things we've done it for a hundred years you know that saying if it ain't broke don't fix it Maybe we should be thinking, if it isn't right, shouldn't we change it? Instead of adapting a belief that hinders the ability of the people. And so it's not about the buildings, it's not about the program, it's about the people. And we can't force people to do our agenda, fit in our Structure in our traditions, what we need to do is allow God's Spirit in the people to shape the programs, to shape the stru- stru- structures, because God's Spirit lives in people, not in a person, in people. By the way, you're all people, most of you. And that's what's necessary. We want people to change who we are. We don't want to get set in our ways. We want to be able to move every step with how God is shaping us in our community. I, I've shared this before, a couple of examples you know, where people are doing things and they're not because we told them to. You know, Denise Gideon and the work we're doing in Haiti. The reason we're in Haiti is because Denise had a passion for Haiti. And she set that passion in our hearts. And so now we go to Haiti. Last year we raised about $8,000 for Haiti. Why? Because I had a great idea? No, I don't have great ideas. because someone had a desire and it ignited our hearts Joe goes and to the correctional facility for the young men he's been doing that for years he's doing it before genesis was here why cuz he cares he was moved by the spirit and now he's doing the work that God has called him to do and those things happen in other areas too. I don't know, and I'm not going to list all these things. This isn't you know, about that, but it's about establishing an understanding that you and I are where the Spirit of God dwells and how he moves. There was a, a small community in Mexico that was trying to reach the Latin men that was down there. And it was a difficult thing. If you've gone down to Mexico, a lot of times the women are the ones who are in the church, but the men are kind of absent. And so they want to start connecting to the men. And they were having an evening service on Sundays. And as they were going to the homes during the morning, trying to take pandulce and some things, getting to connect to the family, they thought it would be a great thing to have a soccer tournament because the men really like to play soccer. The problem was that the men wanted to play soccer Sunday evenings when they had their service. And so it was a no-brainer. Let's change when we have our service so we can minister to the men and be a part of the soccer tournament. You see, structure always submits to spirit. Who cares when you meet? It's just a day. Jesus cares about the people and if you well, no, i like sundays i've got the outfits i've got it's my sunday outfit how can i wear it on a saturday night it wouldn't be a sunday outfit saturday night outfit no that's a different dress you know i mean not for me i'm being facetious <laughs> And so we get set in our ways where we think this is what we have to do and we need to stop the soccer tournaments because they're meeting on the day that we're meeting. Really, you think that's going to work? Yeah, let's do that with Pop Warner football. They meet on Sundays. We're going to stop. Let's go picket the field. Great. You see, structure always submits to spirit. And to minister to the men in that community, they changed their service time so that they could have the time playing soccer with them. Who cares about the meeting? Now, again, if it's a small community, it's a lot easier than if it was a large community. But that's exactly what happened. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Peter's addressing the crowd. He says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all who? People. and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Who does God pour his spirit on? It's on people, your sons, your daughters, the old, the young, the servants, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. That is where the spirit of God is, that is where he is working, that is how he is going to be moving it is through the people. The people don't need permission. You know, I have this idea, I'd like to go and minister to the homeless. Well, have you talked to the pastor? No, well you should talk to the pastor if you wanna minister to the homeless. Really? Why? Do I have to give you a blessing or something? go be warm and be wonderful what do you need now if it's a vision you have and you'd like the church to come along that's another thing but if you have on your heart to do something then you need to move forward in doing it you ever wonder about philip when he's walking down and then the ethiopian eunuchs driving in the chariot and reading he went up to him. He didn't just go, oh, man, I wonder if I should check in. and, and Hey, hang out. I'm going to run to Jerusalem. I'm going to talk to the leadership, see if it's okay if I talk to you because you're from Ethiopia. You're a different country. I don't know if we really want to reach out to you right now. No, he just did it. Why? Because he was moved by the Spirit. Are you being moved by the Spirit? Or are you expecting the Spirit to move through an organization, through a church and have you detached the you from this responsibility and it's easy to sit back and I'll give money but I don't really want to have to do anything else than that I just give those things that are easy for me to give but God is speaking to you Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 1, Paul writes, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans somehow or other, You were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So he's telling us there is service and it is God doing different things in different people, but it's the same God working in all of us. Jump down to verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts, but it's many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, That would be weird. No, it said, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were in the air, that would be weirder. Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Paul is saying that we all have a place. Now if you're like me, you start thinking, where's my place? Where's my place? What am I supposed to do? And so many times we get hung up, I think, on the wrong things. We worry about the wrong particulars. You know, we wonder, okay, God, should I should I be a plumber or should I be a painter? What should I do, God? Plumber, painter. Oh no. I don't know. God, lead me. Plumber or painter? And, and I think God is up there saying, I don't care. You can be a plumber. You can be a painter. But whatever you do, how you do it is what I care about. I want you to be moved by the Spirit wherever you are, whether you're a painter or where you're a plumber. I don't think God is so focused on, oh, I want you to be a plumber, oh, you're a painter. Oh, there goes my plans for you. If you're going to paint, you need to be a painter of integrity. You have to be someone who represents your Lord. You have to be someone who's moved by the Spirit where you're at. And as Paul says, we're all part of this body. It's interesting that as God has equipped us, as God has given us these, these gifts and enabled us in these ways, He's doing us these things so that we will be actually not more independent, but more dependent. Isn't that unusual? I'm gifting you, I'm enabling you, so now you're more dependent. Usually we think it's the other way around. The more I'm gifted, the more I have this ability. Now I can go off on my own, but God is saying, no, if you've been given this, it is not for you, it is for the body. The eye is not for itself. It's for the hand so it can pick up the fork so it can eat the food. The hand is not there for itself, it's there for the rest of the body. And so as you're being equipped, as you have these abilities and talents, it's to give you more dependence, not more independence. And this is where community and connection takes place. And We want people so many times to tell us what to do, but you see, you have the Spirit of God. He is going to put on your heart what to do. And it's funny because when we do something like StrengthsFinder, where we have an an assessment test that's going to help develop just our own abilities, where we see the things that we are naturally inclined to. People look at that and say, well, that's not spirit-led. And all we're trying to do is enable people to use their gifts so that it it actually is spirit-led. But what is spirit-led is when one person tells everyone what to do. I'm sorry, that is just not right. That's not what it means to be the body. I don't want to tell you what to do. I want you to have passion for what you do. Because if you have passion, it's going to ignite passion. You're going to actually care about it. You're going to invest yourself in it. It's going to have purpose and meaning to you because it's something that God has put on your heart. It's something you desire to do. And then we can come and support those things that God is doing in your heart. I'm not going to go up to you and say, you know, Rick, you need to do the underwater basket weaving. God's told me. I really sense it. Rick's like, I don't like basket weaving. I don't even like baskets. I don't even know what weaving is, except on a bike. You see, you have to be led by the Spirit. You have to have the passion. You are the body of Christ. We don't come to church. We are the church. And this is how we connect. This is what it means to serve. We take our gifts and we use them as a whole to move the gospel forward. And we're not here for ourselves. We are here for the world. We are here to serve and show the world who Jesus is. And it's important that we recognize that. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes Such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us. Now that's not just me, that's us. Competent, As what? As ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives. Do you realize that if you have faith in Christ, you're a minister? You know how I tell people I, I don't like being called pastor? If you don't know that, I'm telling you. I, I don't like being called pastor. Why don't I like being called pastor? Because I don't like the title? Because I don't like the responsibility? No, because what I feel happens is when people start calling me pastor, they put me in this place and what it starts doing is takes away from the fact that you also are ministers. Oh, here's the pastor. He's the minister. No, here's the scripture saying you're the minister. We are ministers. I have a way with babies today. We are the ministers. And if you would embrace the fact that you are called, equipped, and sent out by God to do the work of God, and if we would join each other's hands and move in the things that God puts on our hearts, we would set this community on fire. They wouldn't stand a chance from resisting the love that is in us, the passion that we have, and the concern and care we have for them. If we would recognize that it's the spirit that makes alive, we're not here to bring structure. I'm not going to tell you this is our goal, and then we're going to raise this much money, and we're going to do this much things, and then we're going to see God work. No, I'm going to tell you, you are the resources that God has given Genesis community. And if you call this community, I want you to participate in it. Now, maybe it's going to be helping with the children. Maybe it's going to be helping with the sound. Maybe it's going to start with helping out with the the chairs and setting up. But maybe it's going to be something totally different. Maybe you're going to have an idea that's just going to explode. And everyone's going to see it and say, yes. What I hope to do as a pastor is give you permission to hear from God and to do what God puts on your heart. You are free. You are free. Don't let anything stop the passion that God has put within your heart to moving forward. If you have an idea that you want to present, Danny, I'd really like to do this. Banjos are cool. Talk to Danny and maybe go out on a corner somewhere and play a banjo. <laughs> I'm not saying it's all going to be here, but you know what? There's probably a bunch of banjo players that like to hear that. Or you have an idea for the Joan Terry. I got this idea that I'd love to see happen. It's just this thing. What do you think? You see, you're free to be moved by the Spirit and to come to any of us and present these things that are on your heart. God forbid that we would quench that in any way. Okay, got to get through this. When we commit to something, serving together, it's amazing how sticking to the Lord is connected to serving and being used by God. The people who don't serve God in some way usually are the people who kind of start drifting away. Maybe that's been you. Maybe that is you. You find yourself, well, yeah, I'm here. I love I love God, and I, I, I'm not questioning your love for God. But if you don't get connected and start involving your life in something, it's usually just a matter of time before you kind of, okay, I'm going to slip away. But when you get connected to some things, it's amazing how when you do something that's con- valuable, it makes you feel good. When you do something And serving people, it feels good to be needed. And pretty soon, you like it. Why? Because they need me. It's great, I'm helping. It's a good feeling and that connects you. It kind of sticks you with these things. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to blow through a few scriptures just to talk about some structure that Paul has placed here. Um, Chapter four. I did this last week too, so you don't have to text me to question. Your scripture is wrong. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, verse one. As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You have received. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captive and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. And so Paul lists these certain Abilities, these certain positions, and he talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers, that they're to equip the people for the service of God. And so my role is to equip you for the service of God. I'm supposed to help enable you to be able to do this work of God. And, and this is a certain function by these people here. And notice it says that it's to each one of us. Okay, I'm taking a role of pastor it doesn't mean I'm the only pastor. There can be more than one pastor. Yeah, there's going to be structure and order just to maintain some kind of civility and you know movement so that it's not chaotic. But others are gifted in that same way. And in these other things. Turn now to first Timothy chapter three. I'm pretty sure it's chapter three. It is. Verse one. Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him as he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? Now, the word household there literally means relational system. He has to be able to create a relational, healthy environment in his family. If he can't do that, then he can't do it in the church community. And so this idea of saying someone who aspires to be an overseer, now this is someone who works with that pastor, that teacher, and kind of overseeing other people, what's it about? It's about having this relational responsibility, creating a healthy relational environment for the people. You see, all these things are connected by relationship. This isn't about a duty. This is about relating to one another just as our bodies do. And so when Paul is giving instructors, someone's going to be an overseer. He has to be a person who's relationally responsible. If he's not relationally responsible, how can he be put in trust to oversee other people? It's an important part of what needs to take place. Verse 8, we go on, says, in the same way, deacons. Now, the word deacon, it it's actually a transliteration. It means servant. And so the idea of a deacon is now someone who comes alongside and now starts serving in this area. And so he says, in the same way deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, And not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. And so we see this structure. We see God has set some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers there to equip people to serve. And under them or with them are going to be these overseers who are now going to take just. Relational responsibility of what's happening in the community. And then there's the the deacons who kind of get things done. They're the people who are going to move this forward and all these things. And we see the relationship that takes place from these different categories and these different people. It's very general. From the prophet, apostle, evangelist, pastor, teacher, to the overseer, to the servants and the deacons. These are all... Areas of ministry where things are taking place, where God is at work through the people, equippers, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, ministers that are gifted to serve, those overseers, relational connections, overseeing the healthy relationships are there for preparing, and then the deacons, servants to help with the mobilization, all connected through relationships with Christ and with each other. The kingdom of God is not about position. It's not about status. It's not about controlling people. It's not about manipulating people to do what you want or forcing people to live one person's vision. The kingdom of God is the individuals abiding in the vine. It is the branches that are intertwined and growing together. The kingdom of God is about us moving by the Spirit of God to do the work of God in the world. That's what it is to serve. And I think we need to get a bigger vision of what it means. It's like branches connected to one another and of course connected to Christ And together we provide what the world desperately needs, which is Jesus. If we will not remain in the vine, be moved by the Spirit, we will dry up and we will die. There has been times in my life where I've been serving and serving and serving and I was drying up and drying up because I was not serving where the passion of God for me to serve was. I was being faithful because you got to be faithful. That's what's needed. you got to be faithful. And you gotta, you've got to serve and you got to give and you got to count the cost. And, and all these things and inside me I'm just screaming saying this, I see so much more. And I want you to have the freedom to see so much more. I want you to stay attached to the vine. I want you to be moved by the Spirit. Structure must always submit to Spirit. And whatever we are as a community needs to be submitted to what God is doing in the people in that community when a person comes to Genesis for the first time we should be committed to letting them know that our community has now changed because of you because you bring something different to us and from here let's see where we go you're here let's see where we go now because you have an influence on our community you don't come and say okay what do you want me to do you come and we say what's God doing in you That's where the spirit resides, is in people. Sorry, I went long. It's okay, you guys usually don't ask any questions. And I was right, you didn't. So it works out perfect. I'll start planning. They're not gonna ask questions. If you have questions later, feel free if you got my number, it was up there. Let's pray. God, I know this is something that has been important for me to share, and it's important for us as a community to recognize that we are committed to your work in the lives of your people, that as your spirit moves, we move and that our goals aren't set in stone, our goals are set in you. And the steps that we take, we take together in how you are moving us as a community. God, I pray that we would have a desire to serve you and to serve one another in a way that brings us fulfillment and joy Uh, uh, something that we're passionate about, that we would bring to, to this table, your table, fruit that refreshes, that strengthens. Lord, service to you is a necessity for us. And if we are in a place where we're not serving, we're not connected to the work that you are doing, God, it doesn't so much matter if we're a plumber, if we're a painter, if we're a singer, if we're whatever. What matters is how we do what we do in allowing you to be a part of all that we do so that you are seen in us whether we're a salesman or a teacher so that our ears are tuned to you whether we work at a restaurant or a mechanic that you are so connected to our lives and our lives are so connected to you that we are serving you where we are at. And we are working together to make you known. And how you have gifted us, how you have equipped us. Lord, may we respond to your call. We do ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.